you are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 177. Uh, well, guys, we got some things to talk about. Uh, a flurry of moves, probably about an 18-hour period. Uh, additions of Jarvis Landry, uh, additions of Tyrod Taylor, trading away of Deshaun Kaiser, uh, bringing in Randall, cornerback, possible safety here now with uh, Cleveland. Another move dropped today. Danny Shelton shipped off to the Big Bad Patriots uh, and just swapped some draft choices. We're going to break down each one of these moves. Uh, I've been able to reach out to guys that I know well with each team, you know, so we can get a, kind of get a feel on who's coming in here, who's not. Uh, first here, we're going to dissect a little bit the Tyrod Taylor deal. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the radio station WGR out in Buffalo, it is a great group. A bunch of guys are kind enough to have me on a lot, and a lot of the guys that cover the draft and football on a whole. Uh, but, you know, my top dog there, Sal Capaccio. Sal, how's everything going? Uh, you know, are we starting to get out of the frostiness and maybe starting to see spring here on the East Coast or what? I don't think so here, man. It's been crazy. I don't think it's going to get to 40 degrees until uh, St. Patty's Day, they said, which is crazy. But uh, after that, I think we'll be okay. So uh, it's been it's been a long, drawn-out winter. But, boy, when you see these trades heat up and everything else, it kind of keeps your mind off of, those, off of that, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's certainly been an interesting couple of days, and you know, for Cleveland, it needed to be done because having all the cap space in the world is one thing, but selling a product when it's one in thirty-one and you still have the head coach around, and it's a bunch of young young kids. Even the promise of the young kids is one thing, but you need to have some established vets, and I think that's what these moves kind of led to, hoping that they can uh, you know be able to hit a little bit more on free agency. Uh, but I do want to get right away. Uh, the Tyrod Taylor obviously traded for what would it will be the 67th pick. I mean, 65th overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Browns fans, as you know, they hosted, they held six of the first 65. 65 was moved on for Tyrod Taylor. First thing I'm going to say about this is I was never a fan of any possibility of AJ McCarron being a part of the Cleveland Browns. So I am so thankful they went another route. Um, I know Sal, we were on a couple years ago. I think it was maybe before the 16 draft. When the Bills took Cardell Jones, and we were talking about whether or not you know, they're going to take a quarterback, and at the time I said, I, I don't know why everybody's so down on Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod is what he is, um, but this is also a guy who led a team to a playoff berth last year. Uh, let us know a little bit about Tyrod, the guy, what we're getting, and you know, obviously, you know, the Bills have aspirations to move in a different direction at the position. Well, I'll say this: Tyrod is a uh, is going to be a really kind of a polarizing quarterback, or at least he was in Buffalo. And I think he will be in Cleveland. I'll get to that in a minute. But you're getting a you're getting a really good human being who's going to be a really hard worker on the field, hard worker off the field. He's never going to embarrass the organization or the community. Uh, he's the kind of guy that uh, you know you're going to be proud to have in the organization. Teams uh, teammates are going to love him in the locker room. Really good leader. All those great intangibles. They come along with everything you want to be and have in a quarterback. That's what you're getting in Tyrod Taylor. And we love him in Buffalo for that. And, yes, he is the best quarterback we've had since Jim Kelly. And that's 15 starters. Now, you guys know a lot about that. You know, since the, <laughs> the Browns came back in, Bills have been in the same boat here for a long time. And, you know, 17 years, no playoffs, the longest playoff drought in North American professional sports. And this guy was at the helm when they broke it. So he really gets a lot of love from Buffalo. Here's the problem. Tyrod Taylor, as dynamic as he is, as athletic as he is, as dazzling as he can be, and he is and can be all those things, Jeff, he also isn't a competent enough passer in the NFL in 2018 to take a team to the next level 
according to what you need to do in the NFL today. And I mean throw the ball from the pocket, make the correct types of reads, see the field the right way, and really advance a team in the passing game. In three years as a starter, Tyrod Taylor has thrown for 300 yards one time in an NFL game, and that was an overtime game against the Miami Dolphins. So you're going to have a lot of debates like we have in Buffalo. It's going to be really crazy. You're going to have people at each other's throats arguing about how good he is versus how good he isn't and what he really is and what he really isn't. And no one's really wrong in that argument because he is a good quarterback. He can be a starter in this league. He can, With the right pieces around him, like in Buffalo this year, he can take you to the playoffs. But he'll never, ever be a player to carry a team from the quarterback position. I think I can I understand that and I do agree with you and I think that was maybe you know not so much the allure but why he was brought here. Um, I think when you see a, a new front office, you know probably the first thing they're thinking is is man, you put a rookie quarterback out here from day one to go 0 and 16. Now what is this front office here to do? Obviously they are here to draft a quarterback at number one. They already shipped out the quarterback that was drafted in the second round last year. So I think their first and foremost thing is going to be, we are not going to put whoever this may be, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, we are not going to put you in a position of week one. We want to have a veteran who can at least, you know, hold the fort and let's see what kind of team we have. Do we, you know, and I think they'll gauge it week by week, month by month. If they're winning a couple of games, it's probably gonna be the point of, look, we it's good, we can just sit him till we absolutely think he's ready. Tyrod is capable of that. Um, one thing I do about like about Tyrod the player is he throws a fantastic deep ball. I think he can maybe con- yes, he uh, you know, make some connections with Josh Gordon in that respect. So I think that's where the appeal you know was with them. Um, you know, and as you said, you know everything Tyrod brings as far as to the locker room and to the team. I think he's going to understand the role. And you know, look, uh, you know he should have never sat for that week last year. He did while Peterman went and had a disastrous first half. Didn't say anything, just said, all right, I'll put my helmet on, I'll play the second half. You know, I understand we're getting our doors kicked in, but, you know, if the kids had enough, I'll go out there and do what we got to do. I remember him scoring the touchdown, basically put the ball on the ground and walked to the sideline, realized it wasn't a time for celebration, but, you know, was able to then come back and everybody circled around him and they ended up making it to the playoffs. And to be honest with you, you know, I mean, obviously then the loss to, uh, you know, to New England, you know, Buffalo gave Jacksonville a really, really tough ball game that day. Um, guys, you listen to Locked On Browns. Well, Go ahead, Sal. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me say this. Look, everything you just said is right about the way he handled, and I think I really gained even a lot more respect for Tyrod than I already had, the way he handled that particular situation against the Chargers last year and being benched. But, you know, I think Sean McDermott obviously took a lot, took a beating around national media, local media for the benching even before Peterman had the disastrous half that he did. But you have to understand why he did it, and it goes back to everything I just said. The Bills did not have aspirations just to win five or six games last year and keep a seat warm for somebody. They had aspirations to make the playoffs. And the way that teams were playing the Bills, LaShawn McCoy could not run uh, the way that he should be able to because teams had no threat whatsoever in the passing game when they played the Buffalo Bills. You know, one of the common themes that we have heard in Buffalo, Jeff, is when teams have played the Bills, this happened the opener of 2017 against Baltimore, and then we heard it again uh, another game, I can't remember, I think it was uh, New Orleans when they got blown out last year, is when other teams, the defenders for the other teams in the locker room after the game, they said, what was the key to beating the Bills? And the quote is, and they've said this numerous times, we made Tyrod Taylor be a quarterback. That's not a great quote. I mean, when you have a quarterback <laughs> no. and you have a defender saying, we made him, make a, we made him be a quarterback, 
that's how we won, that does not speak a lot of volumes about him. Now, in Cleveland, if his job is simply to get a team through a season and hopefully a guy behind him learns and let's see what we have as a team, he's going to be a great guy for that. If you have any aspirations whatsoever of contending for the playoffs, I don't think you should if you have Tyrod Taylor and not quite the enough pieces around him that can really allow those pieces to elevate that team to that. Because I'll tell you this, one of the biggest things that Tyrod Taylor has not been able to do in Buffalo, when the team is down, they can't win. Because they don't have a competent enough passing a game passing game to be able to come back because of Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. And I hate, I hate saying all these negative things. The things he does with his legs, no one else in the league can do. He will, he will avoid so many sacks and he'll spin around and he'll find somebody 20 yards downfield and you'll go, oh my God, no one else can do that in this league. Yes, that's true. But in 2018, in the NFL, you need to throw the ball on third and nine, not scramble around and look and suddenly try to take off with your legs. Exactly. I mean, because, yeah, I know with New England a lot, they went with a maybe a three-man defensive line, and they basically just played the spy technique, and it was, look, find the open man. And, you know, more often than not, that's usually where he struggles. We're listening to Locked on Browns, episode 177 with Sal Capaccio. Bills, uh, you know, uh, obviously beat writer, uh, post-game reporter, you know, handles a lot of radio work up at WGR. Uh, guys, locked on MLB. Look, we're not that far away. Uh, you know, about, you know, I think it's March 29th, opening day of Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, find your favorite team on the Locked On Major League Baseball Network. We got you covered there. Uh, everybody will be up and running by opening day. Now, Sal, the more I'm talking, obviously, you know, this trade went down pretty smoothly. Um, it seems there could be maybe maybe more here between you know Cleveland and Buffalo um, with. Obviously, you know, Buffalo looking, you know, look, you know, Peterman is there, but obviously they're, you know, have their eyes on maybe a bigger prize. Cleveland looking to go quarterback at one, um, have that selection at four. Um, I, I, the more and more it goes on, I think the Browns are ultimately going to put that selection into play because I think the drop-off, whether it's a Bradley Chubb, if you want to go down to a Harold Landry, I don't think it's that big. I think they still may have eyes on drafting a top-notch cornerback with the addition of Randall, who might be able to play safety for them and play it well. So getting out of four might not be the worst thing in the world. And look, Buffalo's got a ton of assets. And if they're looking to go up and, you know, basically, you know, bag one of these top two or three guys, I think there's a lot of ammunition out there to get it done. Yeah, I mean, that's the chatter here, too. Look, I think that I made a comment last year on draft night uh, that is still resonating and still true today. And the last night, the last year on draft night, when the Bills traded down from 10 to 7, 27, they dropped 17 spots with the Chiefs. Uh, they picked up an extra first round, and the Chiefs went up and got Patrick Mahomes. What I said on WGR the next day was both teams made the trade for the same reason to get a franchise quarterback. The Chiefs just did it to get theirs in 2017, Patrick Mahomes. The Bills did theirs, traded, made the trade to get theirs in 2018, and that's why they're gathering assets. And guess what they did since then? Traded Sammy Watkins, traded Ronald Darby, traded Reggie Ragland, traded now with this trade uh, that went down with Tyrod Taylor. They now have two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. They are going to climb up to get a quarterback. I don't know how high they can get. I think they'd love to get as high as possible, whoever that is, Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold. I'm guessing it's going to be one of them. Uh, I look at the Giants at number two. Dave Gettleman used to be Brandon Bean's boss in Carolina. Gettleman was the GM. Uh, Brandon Bean was the assistant GM. They have a great relationship. I think that would be a natural fit to try and do something like that. But I also think the Browns come into play here with pick number four. I just don't know if uh, the guy the Bills want would be on the board at four, and they might have to go all the way to two to get the guy they want. See, well, the thing is, is I'm not so concerned about that because if you're looking to get, you know, the Darnold or the Rosen, I mean, I don't know if you're going to get him necessarily at two 
Because the issue is going to be, you know, if the Giants are going to take the quarterback or not. And the more this goes on, it looks more and more like the Giants are not. It seems, well, we're going to give Eli another year. It seems a little weird what they're doing. The trade they made the other day for the linebacker, now they're only sitting with $13 million in cap space. Odell Beckham, you know, wants an extension. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going about approach. But I do think, and God, please don't take Saquon Barkley, because if you have no offensive line and a 37-year-old quarterback, the last thing you need is a running back. So, you know, I do think, too, is very much in play. So, I mean, would they be okay? Would Baker Mayfield work for Buffalo if they had to go that route? Or would they just maybe stand pat? Or, you know, would they pursue Lamar Jackson? Is Josh Allen somebody on the table if it fell down to the 21-22 range? You know, I don't really know um, if those guys fit what the Bills want. It could very well be. Maybe that's the apple of their eye, so to speak, one of those players. Um, you know, you have to understand the kind of players that uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have brought in here. And I've always wondered, is he, he, maybe Baker Mayfield can go one of two ways on this. Either he's definitely not the kind of player because of the off-field questions about him, or maybe he is because of all his passion and fire and leadership, and they want him. So that could be the question. I think that he's a specific scheme type of fit guy, you know, that maybe could give him uh, a little bit more success, which is interesting. Brian Dable was just hired. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama last year. He has experience running a, a college offense, but he's also been an NFL coordinator, as you know, in Cleveland, in Miami, in Kansas City. He's adjusted his offense. Uh, I don't think they would want a guy like Lamar Jackson because I'm not going to – Lamar and Tyrod are two different players. Uh, he, I think I, I don't but like – But I people, understand. I, I don't I like where you're going. Compare them. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. When you move on from Tyrod Taylor – I think you want something completely different. Kind of like when you move on from a head coach who was an offensive coordinator, you might want a guy who was a defensive coordinator just because that's the way it goes. And I think if they're because they moved on from Tyrod, I just think that what Lamar Jackson represents with as, as athleticism and running, I don't think that's the kind of guy they want. Look, when, look, I'll go back to the when the Bills benched Tyrod Taylor. I, I've always used this comparison on the radio, Jeff, which is if you and your wife are having problems and you go outside your marriage, uh, to try and fix that, and that person doesn't work out, it doesn't change the fact that you and your wife were having problems, right? Well, the Bills <laughs> benched Tyrod Taylor. Even though Nathan Peterman didn't work out, it didn't change the fact that the reason why they benched Tyrod Taylor is they want someone who can stand in the pocket and throw the ball. And I think that's why I look at Rosen or Darnold being the guy that they want. I also would not discount the Bills going after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater in free agency, or even A.J. McCarron, and then also still drafting that quarterback and seeing where they go from there in the next couple of years. Well, I mean, with, with with that type of capital, I mean, you know, you might as well just build a QB room and say, look, guys, it's your opportunity for anybody. Who wants the, who wants it? You know, look, I, we have faith That's in right. all of you, but well, somebody's going to need to step up here. And it's kind of what we thought was going to go on here with Cleveland. But I think maybe they just thought maybe too much damage was done with Kaiser and it was just better to get him, you know, moved on out. You do find it funny, though, that, you know, if a franchise like Green Bay, as established as they are, and, you know, have done well at the quarterback position was like oh, sh we have no issues whatsoever we'll bring in Deshaun Kaiser here guys you listen to Locked On Browns episode 177 if you listen on the Megaphone uh, app guys uh, Spotify, iTunes, whichever way you go now's a great time to go ahead, subscribe leave a 5 star review guys, I kind of appreciate that stuff. Sal here, some, just some general draft thoughts, I think as we're getting closer and closer to it um, you know some people want to knock this class and I'll never knock a draft class where it's QB heavy because looking at the state of the league and some of these teams, when you get to starting a third quarterback or possibly even a fourth quarterback over seven to over over 17 weeks, so I think it's a good class that way. Um, to say now, you guys have 21, 22. 
What else uh, appeals to the Bills' needs, you know, positional-wise? <clears throat> Bills need front. The Bills need front seven help, um, with or without. I Kyle will be Williams, honest because what? Yeah, still a question mark. It, when you when it came up today, yeah. about, I knew Danny Shelton was on the move today, and it, I, I was wondering, you know, if, if Buffalo was going to be a place. I know Joe Marino's on your show a lot. And I know he's a big Bills guy, and I know he's done a couple of mocks where he had the Bills keeping twenty one and twenty two. And he went interior defensive line at 21 and 22. Like That's how big of a hole it appears to be. Yeah, and you know you have Kyle Williams, who is the best player in that uh, front, but yet he's 35 and he might retire. So, I mean, what does that tell you? They have Adolphus Washington, who they word is they tried to even move on from last year and trade and really couldn't get any offers. And I don't think that uh, he's a guy that necessarily they want to have as one of their main interior guys. Um, they have really a big hole right there. They also have a big hole at middle linebacker right now with Preston Brown being a uh, free agent. I don't see them wanting him back. Now, look, Preston's a really good player and a fine player. He's, he led the league in tackles last year. He's never missed a game in his NFL career through four years. He's still young, but he also is a little bit limited athletically, and the Bills would like something better at the middle linebacker spot. That creates another hole right there. On the strong side, you have a 34-year-old, going to be 35, Lorenzo Alexander, who, by the way, was amazing in the playoff game but he does have his limitations and coverage and things like that. So they definitely have to fix the front seven. Uh, the pass rush wasn't what it's supposed to be last year with Jerry Hughes. Shaq Lawson has been a disappointment in his two years so far, a uh, year and a half, I should say, playing since he uh, came back after his initial shoulder surgery from being drafted. Uh, I would not be surprised, by the way, if the Bills try to trade Shaq Lawson sometime between now and draft day uh, to try to get an asset from him as well. So they have some front seven questions, and it really starts with, uh, Kyle Williams and what his situation is and even if he does come back they still have to look uh, at, at that position and then also wide receiver the Bills have Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones and Andre Holmes well you know what that's not a great group but even if you like the group it still lacks speed uh, they have a bunch of possession receivers guys that um, really aren't going to threaten a defense to get behind them I think they need some speed at the wide receiver spot and that's the place they need to look in the draft I think um, now, Eric Wood, obviously, you know, the sad news came down, uh, you know, obviously after the playoff game, it came out a couple of weeks later that it's just going to be a no-go for him anymore, you know, obviously forced to hang him up. Is there an in-house replacement at center, or is that something that's going to have to be addressed as well? They, they have one. His name is Ryan Groy. He's really good, actually. Eric Wood broke his leg two years ago uh, in Seattle on a Monday night game, and Ryan Groy came in and played magnificently uh, for half the season there, about seven games I think he started. Uh, he's filled in as the wing interior man for the last uh, couple of that really last two three years in Buffalo if they needed a center or a guard he could play both he came in on uh, as a heavy set on uh, extra packages you know where he would line up on the end of the line so he's done a lot but he's gonna probably take over the center role and no qualms about him and he's gonna be really good there they just need a little more depth I don't know what the situation will be with Richie Incognito he does have a seven and a half million dollar cap hit in the last year of his contract he's 32 33 years old now but he doesn't have a ton of miles because he did miss that time, and he's still playing at an all-pro level. But that's a lot of money uh, for a 33-year-old guard, $7.5 million. So if they don't restructure him, there is some question about that. Now, the big question is Cordy Glenn at left tackle. Do they move him? Do they try and trade him? I think they're going to try and trade him. Can they afford to release him and take the cap hit? He's not their franchise left tackle anymore. He was a couple of years ago when they signed with the big deal. But now Deion Dawkins, as a rookie, looked really good there last year, and that, I think, has made Cordy Glenn expendable. Um, yeah, because I know he's a he's a popular name for Cleveland folks here. Um, you know, look, I, I think Joe Thomas is coming back, but until somebody says they're coming back, you're not going to believe they're back. So he is a popular name here. Cleveland guys definitely have their eyes on. Uh, you know, as we go further, you know, through the process, out, you know, you know, what do you got in the hopper? How what's everything going on with the station? Where are you guys going to be headed for draft day? 
Uh, well, you know what? Uh, this is the, the time of year where I always tell people I'm a doctor on call. You know, you never know. <laughs> uh, for example, I was. It was uh, this week was my my 15th wedding anniversary with my wife on Thursday night. So Friday we had our anniversary dinner. And uh, true story, we got in the car. We were about to drive to dinner. I'm in the in the driver's seat. I get a text that said the bill's traded Tyrod Taylor. I'm on my way to my anniversary dinner, right? And I looked. I said, Oh my God! My wife said, What's wrong? I told her, and she said. Well, do you want me to drive so you can go on the air? <laughs> and I said, sure. And that's uh, that's how you know you married the right person. So um, that's kind of my life right now. But, um, you know, free agency kicking off next week. I'll be all over the place. I'll be on the morning show, the afternoon show, talking that up. Uh, during the season, I'm the sideline reporter for the Bills. I travel with the team. I'm there. I'm, in, you know, in, integrated with the team everywhere they go, whatever they do. So uh, WGR550.com on the radio. I'll be down at the NFL owners meetings in Orlando. Uh, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of the draft, of course, uh, the following month. So we're all over the place, man. Ah, it's always a pleasure, Sal, catching up with you. Guys, uh, check out Sal Capaccio. And like I said, guys, the WGR family, uh, any football guys, uh, make sure you get your work out there. Uh, the WGR guys are always looking for guys to come on and talk. So great bunch of group uh, of people out there. Uh, I think I've pretty much had, you know, been on there with at least anybody at this point. Great group of bunch of guys, very passionate about the game. So, guys, make sure you follow Sal, uh, follow WGR 550. Like I said, uh, just good, good group of guys. Have a lot of fun with it. Uh, follow the show at Locked On Browns. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, we're going to get to one of these. I got Packers guest, Dolphins guest. We're going to hit a little bit of everything before we get to free agency, you know, kicking off obviously this week. Appreciate you all for your time. Let's go, Browns.